It's Susanna. Let me introduce myself. I live in New York City. I was born in Macedon, Greece. I was raised in New York uh, and I studied at the Fashion Institute of Technology. After spending many years there, I entered the glamorous world of fashion. Uh, I worked for Versace and Bergdorf's for many years where I got the chance to learn the best of the best from the best and uh, meet the most glamorous, the most amazing, iconic, inspiring people of the world. I derailed a little bit by creating my own collection, Susanna Galani's Jewelry, Age of Gods, and I had so much fun doing that. Um, I still do, by the way, but um, I'm getting back into my origins, my original state of mind, uh, uh, fashion-inspired, style-inspired. Uh, I believe uh, regarding to fashion, clothing and in general accessories as well and fashion has the power to transform your life you can be whoever you want with the power of style and clothing and here i'm quoting coco chanel by saying uh, uh, what she said uh, quote i did not like my life and i created my life end of quote so here i'm going to be sharing with you all the layers, all my experiences, all the lessons that I learned while living in this most gorgeous, glamorous city, New York. And um, some of my lessons include spirituality, the power of spirituality, the purpose of spirituality. Uh, I call them tools, actually, for an ideal lifestyle. So it's spirituality, art. I'm also an artist. Music, cinema culture, interiors, nutrition, everything. These are the layers that we all need uh, to have the most amazing ideal life. So stay tuned, stay with me and um, we will have some fun and great inspirations. So just remember, I love you and um, this is sponsored by Susanna Galani's Jewelry, Age of Gods. You can reach me at SusannaGalanis.com. Reminder, please listen until the end of the episode because usually I include a surprise or a bonus. It's a sunny, beautiful Saturday morning in New York City. The time is 10.30 a.m. And um, I'm going, I'm going with um, new podcasting because I absolutely love the topic these days uh, of what I'm doing. Um, and um, I'm very excited because I'm soaking in all this beautiful, gorgeous, sexy, glamorous energy. Who was the initiator or the creator of such gorgeous energy? It was Holston, my darlings. I spoke to you about uh, in the last uh, three podcasts. They were all inspired by him or initiated by him. And the whole um, uh, inspiration started when I, last weekend, I was watching um, the six-part miniseries that uh, is playing on Netflix about Holston, uh, the legendary, iconic, 
style icon and uh, New York-based uh, fashion designer Holston and um, I'm going on with his personal stories right now. He very gracefully walked back into our lives um, recently. I don't know how he, he, he came back and he's inspiring a lot of people. There are so many uh, YouTube videos, podcasts, uh, articles are written about him and um, there is so much inspiration from this grand, uh, elegant, beautiful, gorgeous, stunning man. Um, in one of the videos that I have seen, uh, the legendary Marisa Berenson is saying that uh, he has natural elegance and I totally agree with that. There is something elegant and refined about him and the way he talked uh, and the way he presented himself, the way he was dressing, his lifestyle, his gorgeous townhouse, his glamorous Olympic Tower showroom, uh, mostly in red. Uh, red was his color. And uh, the beautiful orchids everywhere. It was so glamorous, so chic. His uh, townhouse was very sparse, very minimalistic. Um, he got it, I believe, in uh, the beginning of uh, the 1970s, maybe 1973 or 76, around there. And um, it's a very famous uh, townhouse uh, in New York City on 101 63rd Street. And uh, since uh, then, it became uh, a legendary location and um, a preservation uh, to, to, to remember this icon. Uh, currently, um, Tom Ford owns this house. I had no idea but I found that out. Uh, it's funny that I was thinking about Tom um, Ford because they were uh, always trying trying to revive uh, Holston's labels. Uh, I don't know who owns these days, but it became such a um, confusion, such um, a challenging uh, um, way of... Uh, reviving the the brand but they never did they never uh, made it as glamorous as as hot and as important and as chic as uh, halston did when he originally designed his collection he had that taste level he had that uh, eye the perseverance the creativity that made his label him no one else was able to revive his uh, label although it was sold by him i will tell you all about it but uh, it was sold and then they tried and try again they tried to lower they ruined his image but his actual image was never ruined because that is the legend of holston so i was thinking who in our current um, years current days can revive his uh, label with um, elegance and refinement um, to be close to Holston. And I was thinking, the only person that I see being successful is um, Tom Ford. I had no idea that Tom Ford was a fan and he actually owns his townhouse. So maybe, maybe Mr. Ford will um, attempt I don't know if he's interested. It's very challenging because he can never duplicate Holston. He can be close. So maybe he will be successful to revive his label. 
it will be quite interesting. So, this podcast is going to be about the biography, uh, the legacy, the creation and the life and times of uh, Mr. Holston. I'm so excited to do this. It's now the day after Sunday morning in New York City. It's sunny and cool. Just like my favorite designer, Holston. I'm going to tell you everything about Holston, although I have been obsessing about him and you can find references to him uh, in my last episodes from uh, season 2, from episode 26 up to episode 30. Uh, Holston is uh, mentioned in some cases extensively. so. I do like this designer and uh, I find him inspiring and I love his style, his elegance, his um, chic designs, the aesthetic, the minimalistic, the cool, uh, sexy vibes and uh, what he offered to us during his reign as uh, one of the top designers of the 1970s. Uh, he was New York based, but he was born in uh, in the Midwest, in Iowa, in um, 1932, April 23rd. His original name is Roy Frowick Holston. Holston is his middle name and he kept it as his main name and uh, that was his label, his brand, Holston, as we know. Holston was a product of America's heartland. He led a classic Iowa childhood playing in soapbox, soapbox derby races, fishing, visiting farms and the like. He had a beautiful family and he was very close to his family according to his niece who talks about him now and has inherited uh, his archives. Um, Holston initially took an interest in sewing from his mother and grandmother and from an early age he showed a special interest in making and decorating hats for his mother and sister. So, one of his first designs appeared on the cover of Harper's Bazaar in 1960, he went to um, Indiana University for one semester and then he was too bored doing that. He wanted to design. He didn't want to waste any time. When the family moved to Chicago in 1952, uh, he enrolled. Uh, he was taking night courses at uh, the Chicago Art Institute. And um, during the day, he was working as a window dresser. Um, he was continuing at that time to design hats and uh, finally he obtained his break uh, when a small story of his fashionable creations appeared in the Chicago Daily News. Uh, it was at that time that he decided to keep his middle name as his main brand name. So Holston became the name that he was using uh, professionally. 
at that time his had a business and sales took off and he began designing for celebrities and show business clientele in 1957, Holston opened his first major shop uh, at the Boulevard Salon on the second floor of 900 Michigan Avenue. So he stayed there for two years and in 1959 he left Chicago for New York City. And at that time, he went to work for a very famous French millionaire, Lily Dachet. He was working very hard there and uh, very dedicated to his design. Uh, he was recognized. And uh, after that, he became, uh, very soon after that, he became um, a co-designer at the Dachet. Within the first year of him working there, actually. Following his fame there and his reputation, um, Holston accepted a position at the very famous store and one of my favorites, and I was working there for eight years, Bergdorf Goodman. Uh, so I know everything that Holston was experiencing back in the day when he was working, all the glamour, all the influence, all the inspiration that being in that space place is just so magnificent and so inspiring and so rich in fashion inspiration so it was the most and still is the most fashionable new york department store so he was there and he charmed his clients and made a grand name for himself it was at burgers actually that he uh, made his name so popular so after two years at Bergdorf's he succeeded to becoming the stir's first designer to have his name placed on the hats he designed so he designed Holston hats okay He became adept at courting and manipulating the press at Bergdorf's. So he knew how to work it and how to create publicity for him and used his image as well because he was a good looking man, very glamorous looking. So he worked everything and he became the brand. He, um, in 1962, he designed the famous Pillbags hat worn by First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy at the President's inaugural uh, inauguration, okay? Making Halston the Holston name a household word. He really took off in 1962. Uh, he was around uh, 30 years. He was 30 years old at the time, so he was quite young to, to achieve all this. Later that year, he was bestowed the Cody's Fashion Critics Award. In 1966, Holston designed his first ready-to-wear collection for Bergdorf Goodman, and while there, Holston continued creating his magic with his uh, hat creations. At that time, um, women's wear daily, a very famous up to this day, uh, fashion publication uh, 
heralded him as New York's top millionaire, quote-unquote. He opened his own salon in 1968 and became the toast of New York's fashion society. He rented a townhouse and he had his atelier upstairs and in the middle uh, floor he had uh, a salon and that became the place where everybody was hanging out and all the celebrities and all the important people. His close circle of friends and clients will come to include some of the most alluring and fascinating men and women in the world at that time and still to this day, among, among them were um, Liza Minnelli, Barbara Walters, Martha Graham, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, Andy Warhol, Elizabeth Taylor, who else? Marisa Berenson, Elsa Peretti, and many, many, many more. Halston's career skyrocketed during the 1970s and his designs set the standard for American designers. He was undisputed, he was the undisputed high priest of fashion. He owned the 1970s. The Halston name became synonymous with uh, classically cut, simple, minimalistic, spare, elegant designs, uh, very sexy, glamorous, glitzy, fluid, um, and he created a, a very successful fragrance line by Holson. It was the number, after Chanel at the time, it was uh, the most uh, popular uh, fragrance of that time. He also introduced the ultra suede fabric made it more uh, popular actually it was introduced by Japanese designers but he made it more mainstream and more um, uh, used more uh, more popular uh, the ultra suede um, and um, he created a shirt dress and it was very much his signature at the time using the ultra suede uh, fabric and every uh, everyone Every, every fashionable woman in the United States owned one of these dresses. Uh, he eventually went on to design and license his name uh, on 31 different licensing products, including a range for home linen, uniforms for airlines uh, and uh, luggage. Throughout most of the 70s, he epitomized the glamour as well as the decadence of the era, becoming a central figure in the nightlife scene of New York's Studio 54. So he became one of the most successful fashion entrepreneurs in history. He sold his company for many millions, I'm going to tell you how many millions, 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 he became a millionaire, 16 million in 1973, the company that purchased his uh, 
company, his brand was Norton Simon. He at that point continued as the principal designer. Um, he, um, according to the history and according to the recent uh, miniseries, he became very extravagant. He was abusing drugs. He he kind of lost it, uh, the control, and he he became. Um, very difficult to work with and he took a lot of things for granted and uh, he lost his um, control even the design uh, he was not allowed to design his label anymore and that was the beginning of his downfall now the company was losing money and uh, at that point they have uh, decided to create a lower, uh, lower uh, priced, uh, more mainstream, more affordable line uh, for JCPenney uh, and um, bring more income because the company was losing money. He was not in control anymore. He was not making the company very uh, profitable and his expenses, uh, they were very, very extremely high. It was very unprecedented at the time what he did and that particular move to design for JC Penny ruined and uh, damaged his brand and his career. A lot of stores like uh, Bergdorf and uh, Bergdorf's, Bergdorf Goodman and other high-end stores dropped his dropped his high-end um, line because uh, it was not glamorous anymore it was associated with not a luxurious brand it was it became very cheap so in 1984 he was becoming extremely extremely unhappy designing a lot of different collection he was collections and all the um, brands that he was all the lines that he was uh, designing from suitcases to linens to uniforms and all this and he was getting burned out and he was using more and more and more drugs cocaine in particular and hanging out all night partying at studio 54 he was a major celebrity himself and he was uh, iconic an iconic figure for the 1970s party scene so in 1984 he was fired from his namesake business because he was no longer able to work so that was the beginning of his uh, downfall he tried unsuccessfully to buy it back but he never did um, so his chic designs included ultra sweat shirtwaist dresses tailored suits traditional chiffon and crepe evening dresses cashmere sweater sets tunics slinky halter dresses and knitted cape stalls um, he tried to maintain relevant and uh, one of uh, uh, the work that he did was to design uh, creations for uh, customs actually for the Martha Graham dance company so he in 1990 he became extremely unhappy extremely low he became sick and he, be, he moved to San Francisco and he eventually 
passed away from uh, a very serious disease at the time and uh, he had complications and he passed away at uh, a very low point in his life uh, in 1990 but he left behind his archives and his glamour and his aesthetic and his design and his images and his brand and his way of doing business he introduced uh, um, having all these multi lines uh, in his collection uh, licensing introducing a lower more affordable collection he was a pioneer in all that and a lot of companies are doing now today very successfully what he initially started in the 1970s and 80s. So he's considered to be uh, a top American designer and a major style influencer for the 1970s and uh, 80s. And this particular style is very relevant today. So he's still influencing, influencing all these younger designers. And one of the designers that is influenced is myself. I consider him to be one of my top and favorite designers ever so I'm going to end this uh, podcast here and uh, I hope you got something out from Holston there is so much information out there for um, him and uh, do some research and um, listen to my previous podcasts because I don't want to be repetitive in certain things but um, this is the official uh, Holston one-on-one biography as per uh, myself uh, in my podcast Enjoy. It's not quite over yet. Um, it would not be a biography, Holston 101, if I do not include something very essential about um, Holston. And I believe that was his key to success. It was his understanding of publicity, the understanding of image, the understanding of buzz, the understanding of uh, creating a certain uh, lifestyle that will inspire others. And um, here uh, he was a master. He understood the power of celebrity and he uh, always uh, surrounded himself with the most uh, beautiful group of um, celebrities and uh, they became uh, part of his identity he became an icon himself Uh, like I said to you before uh, he was associating himself uh, with people of the entertainment world the art world uh, like uh, um, Liza Minnelli Elsa Peretti Bianca Jagger Mick Jagger major artists of the time like Andy Warhol and they became his tribe they became his group he understood that image was more powerful with the people uh, as a whole group it was not only about him it was uh, the people uh, that he was surrounding himself and uh, they were also part of his image uh, also uh, part of his image was uh, his uh, very famous uh, house uh, that he lived in uh, a townhouse uh, the way it was designed uh, the beautiful orchids that he had all over also a very important part of his image was his famous um, 
mirrored office on the top floor of uh, the famous Olympic Tower of New York City. And New York was his background, and uh, that was very carefully designed also, and the colors that he used, and the vibrancy, and the orchids again. He used uh, uh, lots of orchids against the background of mirrors and uh, beautiful red color, and uh, this is what we associate in him. Uh, um, the whole scenario, he, he painted a picture, he created a movie of his life and this was so alluring that people were drawn into his life but it was not only about him, it was also his group. Um, he was known to associate himself with famous models as well uh, that um, they were called uh, famously the Halstonettes. Who were the Halstonettes? Um, he was the first designer that turned models into his own muses and he allowed their personalities to shine on the catwalk making them just as famous as the clothes they were wearing and it was a diverse uh, group of women a lot of african-american gorgeous women as well so uh, he was uh, one of the pioneers to to be very diverse and that's what made his uh, glamorous uh, friends very exotic and gorgeous. He was initially the one that uh, allowed uh, Iman to, to stay in the, the United States. I believe there is a story circulating that he is the one that kept her here in the United States. And of course, she ended up marrying another famous psycho, David Bowie, that became everything was, everybody was part of his scene, of his group. So the whole image was very, very powerful. So the Halstonettes, um, they became his friends and they were his devotees. Uh, you know, they were like his tribe. <laughs> so the media coined them the Halstonettes. So they were very famous models and uh, they became uh, more famous after they were associated with him. It was a glamorous tribe. He created a beautiful life, uh, full of fun, joy, gorgeous, outgoing, uh, nightclubbing, beautiful life, beautiful music, beautiful energy, excitement. That was uh, intentional. He created that as part of his brand, part of his image. Like uh, I said before, he owned, he created the 70s image, that fashionable uh, lifestyle of the Studio 54 era that everyone is associating with. He created all that. He was a major creator of the 1970s vibes. And uh, we have to give him a lot of credit for that. And this is what I believe that was his strength. Oh, there was a very famous also part of his um, entourage, uh, the Holstonets, uh, and part of his image that he was traveling around uh, with the Holstonets, especially around the world. He even made a very famous trip to China, but everyone was coordinated. They wore beautiful clothes, obviously his clothes, but everyone was coordinated so they created this beautiful beautiful image as a whole as a group and that was his brand an extension of him how clever i don't think it was uh, replicated ever since to this extent 
okay? So maybe the Kardashians in modern day uh, celebrity buzz, maybe the Kardashians did this uh, extension of one person or uh, a group of people and the background and the clothing and the houses and all this. But I believe uh, Holston was so amazing that included the music, the art world, Hollywood. It was so creative and so smart. It was brilliant, beautiful. And here are some very famous Halston quotes, my darlings. Okay, so he's saying, fashion starts with fashionable people. You're only as good as the people you dress. Buzz and the right publicists are not only important, but crucial in show business. Yes, according to him, fashion is show business as well. I think people are born for their destinies. Certain people are gifted to use their hands or voices or minds. I'm fortunate enough to be such a person. It, designing, that is, it has everything. It's difficult, it's hard work, it's harassing, it's full of drama. I don't quite know where I got my ambition, but I have it. I go into things with, with an optimistic point of view and I look at it straight and try to make it the biggest and the best success I can. But the thing that holds my interest is always more. What's next? What's going to be the next exciting thing? Okay, another quote. Look like a girl. Act like a lady, think like a man, work like a boss. You need to create the illusion of success for people to pay attention. I hear a lot of things about myself. I hear that I'm uh, jet set and this and that and I'm really not. I live a very quiet life. There are no problems, only opportunities. Again, I repeat, Holston quote, there are no problems, only opportunities. And a quote about Holston. He was the only one in the store of Bergdorf Gutmann that Greta Garbo would really talk to. Yes, uh, my darlings, this was the glamorous uh, Holston and... Uh, what can I say? <laughs> History has spoken. His fans have spoken. His documentaries have spoken. His archives, his work, his influence has spoken to us loud and clear. An American style icon, Holston. End of story. Okay, let's do this. 
Repeat after me. Let's affirm this. Let's mean this. Let's expect this. Let's desire this. Let's transform this reality into this affirmation. Everything that I need, I already have. Everything that I have is all that I need. Anything I desire, I will receive because my reality is created by me. I'm successful. I'm peaceful. I'm free and I'm wise. I have potential, energy. And like a phoenix, I shall rise. 